As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. But anyway, we have a great radio program to do for you today, a very important program. And I think it's more important or more relevant today than ever before. Uh, given the speed at which the world is changing, one of the biggest problems I observe is many people cannot learn fast enough. I mean, they are too slow on the uptake. They don't know how to open their minds and see new ways of doing things or see the changes that are coming. Or if they do see the changes coming, many people are terrified of them rather than saying, well, what can I do? How do I keep up with the changes? As uh, Ray Dalio, one of the, in my opinion, one of the wisest guys in the finance world, he says 40% of all jobs will be gone in the next 20 years. And yet we still go to school to look for a job when artificial intelligence is going to replace people and to a lesser degree outsourcing of jobs. So the idea of, well, I went to college five years ago is kind of an obsolete idea because so much has changed in the last five years and the acceleration is accelerating. So the very important program is how fast can you learn? Any comments, Kim? Yes. Um, well, we often say that, you know, that six inches between your ears, your mind can be your greatest asset or it can be your worst liability. So we like it to be our best asset. And our two guests that we have today are going to talk about how do you how do we harness the mind? How do we turn it into our best asset, especially when we face those moments when you know, the adrenaline is racing or we have to make a sales call or we have to, you know, we're doing our first real estate deal, whatever it is, that mind can go crazy. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the tools and some of the things that you can do to actually have your mind work for you instead of against you. So our first guest today is Dan McGinn. He is a very prestigious author and senior editor at the Harvard, Harvard Business Review. And he is the author of Psyched Up. How the Science of Mental Preparation Can Help You Succeed, September 2017, and House Lust, <laughs> America's Obsession with Our Homes. So it's going to be a very important program for those of you who need to speed up how fast you can learn and adopt to new ideas. So welcome to the program, Dan. Thanks, Robert. So what what do you say? What why did you write this book? I mean, what you know that's is a it's a big undertaking to write a book. But what is your motivation, your concern, or what's driving you? So I think people know that in order to be a solid high performer in whatever kind of work they're doing, they need to practice. You know, the underlying skill of whatever it is you're doing. If you're a a classical piano player, you better have played the piano a heck of a lot. But in the book, I argue that that substantive practice is not enough, that you will do better in your job and in life in general if, in addition to practicing your skill, you learn to manage your emotions and your mindset in those moments just before you go on stage, whatever stage you happen to do in your life as a professional. Well said, because um, 
you know, I always say there's four parts of learning. One is mental IQ. There's the physical IQ. There's the emotional IQ and the spiritual IQ. And many people lose it on the EQ, the emotional IQ, because either fear kicks in or laziness or complacency or I just don't want to do it. So they don't do it. So that's why um, we always say that you've got to make some mistakes and you can prepare and go out there and do the best you can. But a lot of people shut down and freeze and don't do anything. Has that been your finding? Yeah, I think that's right. And I, I think you're right that um, people probably pay too little attention to the emotional piece of this. You know, we're not robots. We're not automatons. We have, you know, not only do we have emotions, but we have biology and adrenaline and that fight or flight instinct that kicks in. Um, one of the most interesting days I spent when I was reporting the book was at the Juilliard Music School. And obviously, you don't get into the Juilliard School unless you're really, really good at playing your instrument, whatever it is. And they have a whole course there where they teach the students not anything about playing the instrument, but just about managing the stress and the anxiety that comes along with auditions, because auditions are such an important part of their life. And they recognize there that it doesn't matter how many thousands of hours you practice, if you don't manage your emotions before you go onto that stage and you're feeling too anxious and you can't breathe if you're playing a wind instrument or your fingers get sweaty if you're playing the violin, you're not going to do very well. So I think managing your emotions is really a key part of trying to perform well. So, Dan, in your book, Psyched Up, you talk about mental preparedness. So you get you get nervous. Let's say you're going on stage to give a talk or a sales talk. How, what are some of the things you do to prepare mentally? So it's funny. The roots of this book go way back to when I was in high school. I played high school sports, and if I was not a very good athlete, but I was you know, part of the team, and I became fascinated by the things that the football team or the basketball team would do before a game. Back then, I had a very simplistic view of all this. I thought getting psyched up was like turning a light switch on and off. It was really about sort of amping yourself up uh, and getting that adrenaline flowing. Now, after I've done the research and talked to psychologists all over the world, I have a more nuanced view. I think of it more as like a stereo with a set of knobs on it. And I think tuning those knobs before you go on the stage is what you're trying to do. Generally, you're trying to find ways to reduce your anxiety, to boost up your confidence level, and then to try to get your energy level appropriate to the kind of task you're about to do. So well, you in my world, you know, in um, let's say investing, we call it pulling the trigger. And a lot of times, you know, we'll, when I was taking options trading classes, a lot of people knew exactly what's going to happen, but that person would freeze, and they couldn't pull the trigger. I mean, they couldn't take action. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. In fact, one of the people I talked to while reporting the book is a psychologist named Doug Hershorn, who lives outside of New York City. And he's basically a psychologist who deals exclusively with traders because you know, obviously, again, it gets back to if you want to be a smart investor, you have to know a lot about finance and the fundamentals of spotting a good stock or a good option or from a bad option. But you also need to manage that emotional piece of it. What happens when you have a bad trade and how do you, you know, get back into it with a positive mindset? So sort of overcoming that anxiety, making sure that you retain your confidence, even if you're on a losing streak, you know, going into it with a positive, optimistic outlook that helps you maximize your returns. I think, you know, hedge funds routinely will bring in a psychologist like Hershorn to try to get people to tweak those emotional dials. So I think in your world, this is very applicable. So what, what do you suggest? I mean, give, give us a quick idea on it. What, how do, what do they recommend? 
So there's all sorts of things you can do. Um, I think in trading in particular, one of the things Hershorn talks about is writing down goals at the beginning of every day, writing down lessons at the end of, of the day. A lot of the research that you come across in this world looks at the idea of priming, which is sort of tweaking your subconscious to try to put yourself in the optimal performance mindset that's before the event, and then after the event, doing a very sort of structured reflection. So if things go poorly for you, you don't just sort of let that experience go. You you know try to learn what you can from it and then move on. And and you talk a lot about rituals, the importance of rituals. How How does that play into it? Because I, sure. I know for rituals, rituals do help reduce stress if you do the same thing again and again before every event. Absolutely. So a lot of the research on rituals comes from the sports world, and there have been studies that have been done in all sorts of competitive endeavors, whether it's goal kicks in soccer or darts or rugby, competitive diving. Generally, the studies find that people who have this kind of ritual, that they do the same thing every time they perform, they tend to do it better. So it's not 100% clear why that is, but there are two theories about why rituals help people perform better. Number one is that that ritual, it helps you recall all the practice you've done, and it almost sort of, it's like the, the launch sequence for a rocket. It's sort of getting your body and your mind primed up to do its little trick that it's practiced so many times before. The second theory is that people who don't have a ritual before something very stressful, they're probably just sitting there thinking negative thoughts and worrying. So some of what the ritual can do is it gives you something to occupy yourself and keep you busy at a time when your thoughts are probably going to be pretty negative and destructive. Which is just like golf, because they always have you have you always have a pre-shot routine. And just as you're saying, it is to kind of quiet your mind down so it's not chattering away. I'd also, I've also heard that rituals help build confidence because you'd actually you're doing you're you're telling your body to do what it is you're going to you're say you're going to do what you say you're going to do so um i see that as very important part of learning once again robert kiyosaki our guest today is dan mcginn he's the author and he's a senior editor at harvard business review congratulations on that his book is psyched up how the science of mental preparation can help you succeed and i, I talk about how a lot of people freeze they can't pull the trigger on a trade or something like this and his website is psychedupthebook.com, psychedupthebook.com. Final thing is this, because this is what I do. I already have pre-programmed in what I'm going to do when I freeze up. In other words, a lot of times, like Kim will attest to this, I'll find a property I'm going to buy, but I haven't figured it out yet. So what I do is I just buy it. You know, I just, I say, okay, I'm going to buy it. But I already know I'm going to buy it because I know that I can analyze it and then back out. A lot of people don't buy it and analyze it, so they never buy it. So I already know I'm going to buy something as fast as I can, and then you know it's called a down payment, an option, whatever you want to call it, and I'm in the deal, and I may take a week to analyze it, but I'm already in the deal. Is that kind of a ritual? Yeah, that makes total sense to me. And when I think about your business and the kind of things I might do to psych myself up if I made my living the way you do, um, w there's research that looks at visual cues and visual priming. So in my office where I write on my walls, I have 
framed examples of some of the best stories I ever wrote. And it's not like I sit there all day staring at them, but they're just, they're sort of quietly in the background and they're a sort of a subconscious reminder of past successes. In your business, I would absolutely make a case that on your walls, you would benefit from having photos of some of the best property deals you've ever done. Because as you sit in your workplace and quietly perform, you're going to be surrounded by signs of your success. There's research that shows that people who look at a positive and successful image before they go and do a task can actually do it better. And I think when people think about what the kinds of images they put around their office, that's something they can harness. That's great advice. So uh, coming up, we'll, we'll go into why you should never calm down when you're nervous. And I think this is very important because I meet very great numbers of highly educated, smart people, but their nervousness prevents them from being successful. So when we come back, if you're one of those persons that just can't stay calm or you can't get quiet, this is for you because if you can't pull that trigger, you're not going anywhere. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Advisors have a great gift for you. Visit richdadadvisors.com and receive five free reports on business and investing success. Five free reports that can help you right now. And while there, check out the Author's Choice audio series. Audio is a great way to learn. And for as little as 99 cents, you can download key chapters from all the Rich Dad Advisor books. You can listen to The Myths and Magic of Real Estate Investing, Seven Steps to Limited Liability, The Four Pillars of Investing, Team Code of Honor, or The Psychology of Debt, among other great audios. For pennies, you can power up your skills for getting out of the rat race. So please visit richdadadvisors.com for your five free reports and your powerful and affordable audio chapters. That's richdadadvisors.com for great information that can help you right now. Log on to richdadradio.com while you listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. You can listen to us anytime, anywhere at the Rich Dad Radio Show, iTunes or Android, and all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. So if you want to listen to this program again, because it's a very important program about how to improve your brain and your body and your emotional and spiritual functions, so you get more done. You're not holding yourself back. So you can ask your friends and family and business partners. Go to richdadradio.com and re-listen to this program. Our guest is Dan McGinn. He's author of Psyched Up. It's a science of mental preparation. can help you succeed. And I think that's the most important thing today because so many people are like deer in the headlights. You know, they're frozen. They know something's changing, but they can't change. Any comments, Kim? Yes, well, Dan, I think every golfer in the world should get this book <laughs> because I'm a golfer. I believe you're a golfer as well. And um, I have a, a, there's a gentleman that works out at the gym where I work out at, and he is a scratch golfer as long as he's playing with his friends. But as soon as he gets in a tournament, he's eight strokes, 10 strokes over par, and he just cannot get that mental state that is needed and he just panics every time. Yeah, that's a great example of how someone has mastered the underlying skill that they're, you know, they've practiced plenty of golf and they're very good at it in the right situations. 
but then under pressure, the emotional piece of it escapes them. And uh, it's the same with those musicians at Juilliard that I mentioned earlier. You know, they've practiced their instruments, but one of the musicians described it as a tax he pays. You know, he he did all of his practice. He should have gotten X return, but in the moment, he's actually losing a lot of the expected return he should get because the emotion and the stress just degrade his performance and he you know they teach uh, golfers certainly uh, if you go to IMG Academy or you go to one of the top golf schools they'll focus as much on the mental game as they will on your swing because eight or ten strokes is giving the game away oh yeah so so what would you tell my friend <laughs> what would where would he, where would he start take well, up tennis <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> take up tennis yeah that's a good one um, one of the things you can try to do is recognize that when we get into these situations our body is experiencing that fight or flight. You know, we're not being chased by predators for the most part anymore, but our, we still put ourselves into situations that feel like threats. And when that happens, biology takes over, and it can be really hard to fight against that biology. One of the things I talk about in the book is a technique called reappraisal. And reappraisal is actually a very subtle but very powerful technique. You know, if you're in a nervous-making situation, one of the things people will tell you is to calm down or don't be nervous. Right. But in the moment, that's really, really hard to do. So what research on reappraisal suggests is that instead of trying to feel calm, you try to shift over towards feeling excited, which is a more positive form of that agitated state. And they've done studies of people taking math tests or in singing competitions. And if you can just make that Mm. subtle, going from I'm nervous to I'm excited, chances are you're going to do a little bit better. Hey, I I never realized that's kind of what I do naturally. Because... I can't, I've never been able to calm down. I probably have ADD, but calming down was never my strength, so I just get excited. And, and then what, what you're talking about is people can't calm down, so they choke, right? I mean, they, everything goes, they just freeze up. Right, yeah. Choking is a sort of a subspecialty study in this area. What they find on choking, there's a researcher at the University of Chicago who wrote a whole book on why people choke, and golf was one of the things she studied quite a bit. By the way, did you see Spieth choke on number 13 at the Masters last year? I did, yes. He dropped two in the water or something, that a shot that every one of us could make? Yeah, often choking, whether it's in golf or any other activity, it has to do with either overthinking or underthinking. Somebody who's a professional golfer, they've basically automated, you know, they've practiced these shots so many times that they shouldn't need to think about a putt or a shot over water like that. They just should go up to the ball, sort of turn off their brain and just let their body take over. When people like that choke, what's happening is that instead of turning on that autopilot, they're overthinking it and they're letting their thoughts get in the way of that bodily practice that they've done so many times so So in that situation you need to learn to keep your autopilot on right so you think Spieth was just running the numbers too hard yeah I think uh, you know the flip side of that is and one of the things that uh, makes it tricky is so imagine me making that same shot I'm not a very good golfer at all I do play but I don't play very well I actually need to think in that situation because my autopilot is not tuned enough for it where there's other activities where I might be better than a 
than a Jordan, you know, things completely unrelated to golf where I could be able to autopilot. So part of the, the trick to this is to know if it's something that you've done so many times that you don't need to think or if it's a new activity where autopilot's not going to work for you. And I, you know, it depends on your level of proficiency. And I love what you're saying about when you say calm down because your body is like nervous and you're excited or you're just you're like panicked or whatever and, and your body doesn't want to calm down. And it's like trying to fight against something where, where you're saying just use that energy to, towards excitement. I, I love that. Yeah, I met a guy on this autopilot topic that was interesting. I met a guy who he was running a company that his job involved giving a lot of presentations to VCs, to investors, to customers. Every week he was on the road giving a couple speeches, and every speech was a little bit different because the audience was always a little bit different. But he'd found a way where the first three minutes of every speech he gave, he gave it almost the exact same way. So he didn't need to think at all. He basically turned these speeches, even though everyone was different, the first couple of minutes he was on autopilot, he you know knew the punchlines, he could get in his groove, and then when it got to the point where he needed to ad lib or improvise or follow a different kind of script, he was already in and the audience had settled down. So it was an interesting way to take something we think of as very cognitively demanding and to turn it into a, a thing where he didn't need to think for the first couple of minutes. Our guest today is Dan McGinn. He's a senior editor at the Harvard Business Review. He's the author of Psyched Up, How the Science of Mental Preparation can help you succeed and as Kim says please get this book because too many people are freezing up choking panicking running and hiding when the world is changing as fast as it uh, is changing it's important that we change faster and be able to handle different situations better so I like another part of well, I like a lot of your book Dan but there's a part you talk about that I think is so important is you talk about whether it's habits or rituals or superstitions. They work if you believe they work. That's true. And the superstitions piece of it is is a particularly interesting one. You mentioned golf earlier. So one of the studies I look at in the book is a bunch of golfers who were about the same ability were given a putting task. They all had to do the same putt from a prescribed distance. They divided the golfers into two groups, and half of the golfers were given a club and told that it had been owned by a PGA golfer. The others were just given the same club but not told any of this fake backstory. It turned out that the people who were putting and thought they were using a pro golfer's club putted about a third better. And that gets to the superstitious element. There's other studies like that. If you think you're using something that was owned by a celebrity or owned by a very you know, accomplished person, you're, you're going to perform better. Uh, and you can sort of harness that in your day job. Yeah, and there, there, I've, I've done a lot of studies on this. There was a study done, it was really interesting, of, of uh, hotel cleaning staff. And they told half the staff nothing, but they told the other half of the staff, you know, all this work you do every single day is great exercise. They're, you're walking, you're lifting things, it's a lot of great exercise. The other group, they told nothing. The group who they said to them, this is a lot of great exercise, actually, after a period of time, lost weight and lowered their cholesterol because they believed they were getting exercise. Right. And the mind is a very really powerful yeah. instrument in these kind of inst instances. And there's been studies done of people before they go into a job interview situation being asked to just take two minutes and write a paragraph on a piece of paper about a time when they felt powerful. 
That's it. That's all they had to do. They went into that job interview and did demonstrably better because of that. So a lot of this is just positioning your mind in in a place where it has its best odds of performing well and learning these tricks so that when you're you're waiting in those last few minutes in the waiting room, you have something constructive to do to put yourself in the right mindset. So, Dan, we're almost out of time, but any, anything you really want to say to our audience and you know, more specifically, why they should buy your book, Psyched Up, How the Science of Mental Preparation Can Help You Succeed. Very important book. Sure. Well, I think anybody who's, watched, anybody who's watched the Olympics or watched a professional sporting event, my favorite moments in, in watching those events is to watch the players right before the game starts. And you'll notice that they all have something they're doing, and they were taught to do that because they, you know, their livelihood depends on whether they can perform or not. I think, you know, you and I are not Tom Brady, we're not Michael Phelps, but we should find a pregame routine that helps us do better in our professional lives. And that's really what this book is about. I argue that people who have a pregame routine before they make a sales call or do a big negotiation or pitch investors will do better than people who are just sitting there being nervous. Great. And that's what that's what your golf coach tells you, right, Kim? That's what he says. Yes. Have a pregame routine. Every time have a pregame routine because it reduces stress. It it makes your turns off your brain and you know what to do every single time. Just like that guy who does the three minutes for same three minutes of his talk, just like you do, Robert. You do the exact yeah. same thing. So Dan, th thank you for writing a very important book and you know, best of luck on it. Psyched up how the science of mental preparation can help you succeed. His website website is psycheduptthebook.com and Dan thank you for your contribution thank you Dan thank you, both. thank you both so much all right appreciate it so coming up you can find out how you can improve your brain that's that's what I really need right now <laughs> I'll be right back you're listening to the rich dad radio show with Robert Kiyosaki do you own an LLC or LP are you aware of the new rules the IRS has mandated new audit rules that require every LLC operating agreement and LP limited partnership agreement be amended. This dramatic requirement has never before been experienced, and changes must be made by December 31st. Corporate Direct, owned by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton, can guide you through these new rules. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760. Or visit CorporateDirect.com. Contact Corporate Direct today to stay in IRS compliance. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. And once again, you can find the Rich, you can listen to Rich Dad Radio anytime, anywhere on your on your schedule, on iTunes or Android, and all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them because repetition is how we learn. And if you listen to this program again, you'll learn even more. And you can even share it with friends, family, and people you work with. So our guest, second guest today is Jim Quick. Interesting last name, K-W-I-K, because he is the CEO and founder of Quick Learning. And for all of you people like me out there who think you have an acute case of Alzheimer's or something you can't remember, I don't know how about you, but somebody introduces me, giving me their name, it's forgotten before the name is through. I mean, I, I have, my memory is horrible. So this is a very, very important person to listen to because as we talked about earlier with Dan McGinn, 
our ability to learn is possibly our greatest asset today. So welcome to the program, Jim Quick. Anything you want to say before we introduce Oh, Jim, Jim I'm, I'm happy to have you on the program because you're actually saying that people's brain can get better. Uh, it's absolutely true. Right? So aging absolutely. doesn't necessarily have to mean you're getting memory problems and things. You can actually train your brain to be quick and fast and, and memorize things and remember things and all of that. Is that what you're saying? Very much so. And so first of all, thank you both, uh, Robert Kim. Um, I've been a longtime fan and, and follower of your work. Thank you. And so um, thank you for the good work that you do. Thank you. Um, yes, I believe that it's been my experience after teaching this for 25 years is that we could grow older and in a lot of ways we could grow better that we've discovered more about the human brain more in the past 20 years than the previous 2,000 years combined. And what we found is we're grossly underestimating our own abilities. And it's, uh, you know, when I go on stage, I do these demonstrations where I'll have 100 people stand up and memorize all their names, or there could be 100 words or 100 numbers, and I'll memorize them forwards and backwards. But the thing is, I always tell people I don't do this to impress you. I do this more to express to you what's really possible, because the truth is every single person who's listening to this could do that and a lot more we just weren't taught. If anything, I feel like we were taught a lie, a lie that somehow we have these limitations that our, our intelligence, our potential, our capabilities, our memory is somehow fixed. And what we know is that it's, it's absolutely not true, that, um, that one-third of our memory, for example, is predetermined by genetics and biology, but two-thirds is completely in our control. So how did you get into this whole study? That's a great question. My, my inspiration was really my desperation. I, um, a lot of people don't know this, but at the age of five, I had a very bad accident, a head trauma, a brain injury. And so I actually grew up with learning disabilities. Um, it took me, when I, when I was a student, it took me a long time to learn things. I had really bad focus. I had no memory to speak of. Teachers would have to repeat things four or five times, and I just wouldn't understand. Um, it took me an extra three years to learn how to read. Um, at the age of nine, I remember hearing one of my teachers point to me, thinking I wasn't paying attention, saying, that's the boy with the broken brain. Oh, and um, and so I grew up with talk that Talk about label. beliefs. Wow, talk about beliefs. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And, my, and mindset and how impressionable we are as kids. So I struggled all through school, and I became painfully shy because when you feel like you're the boy with a broken brain, you don't connect with a lot of people. And I would do a book report. I would work hard. Um, but... I, I was a teacher asked me to give a presentation on it in front of class. I would lie and say I didn't do it because I was so terrified of being judged and not being good enough. And I would actually um, you know, throw it out on the way out and take a failing grade. But um, when I hit the age of 18, I, I learned um, I wanted to get a fresh start. And I, I was in college, and I, I, wanted to, I thought I could do better, but I actually started doing worse. And I was ready to quit. And um, I ended up actually in the hospital because I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping, I was just living in the library, and I ended up passing out. I fell down a flight of stairs in the because, library. Was it because, you're, because you were trying so hard to, to do well I, in a system that didn't fit you? Yeah, and it, I feel like, you know, my, I have a primary belief that it's not how smart we are, but really it's, or how smart your children are, it's more how are we smart. And I feel like we all have different, you know, areas of intelligence, and that intelligence is not fixed. That if we want to improve, or you know, for example, our, our financial IQ, then you know, with the right education that you're, that you're providing in spades, then people could uplevel themselves. That intelligence is not fixed, like your height, and that we can grow. And so I started studying um, the brain and adult learning theory and reading and memory because I wanted to understand how my brain works so I could work my brain. Because I always thought it was interesting that in school. 
they teach you what to learn, right? Math, history, science, Spanish. But there are like no classes on how to learn, how to think, how to solve problems, how to how to start a business, you know, what you're teaching, financial literacy, all these these important subjects. And so I did a deep dive into the accelerated learning. And then um, my, my grades started to improve, and then all of a sudden my life started to improve, and I found my, my calling. You know, I, I always, what I thought was really stupid about school is they punish you for making a mistake. I mean, how do I learn if I don't do something and make a mistake? Hey, a quick question could help me on how do I memorize, you know, when somebody walks up and they going to give me their name, you got anything I can do? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So here are a few brain hacks, because I think one of the most important skills in business or business etiquette, certainly in networking, is your ability to remember names. So I, three, three things I focus on, I call it mom, that the mother of memory is if you're ever forgetting something, you feel like senior moments are coming a little bit early, you're absent-minded, you forget where you put the remote control or your car keys, or if not your car keys, something larger like your car, <laughs> forever forgetting something, I find that um, one of three things is missing, and I call it mom. And so the M well, let me, let me ask people who are listening here that most, most people say they have trouble remembering names, but if there was a suitcase of a million dollars cash tax-free for you or your favorite charity, if you just remember the name of the next person you meet, how many people are going to remember the person's name? And, and so I think everyone becomes a memory expert in a, in a split second. Um, so notice it had nothing to do with capabilities. It had, you know, as, as a brain coach, I would like to push people and really find their truth. It had nothing to do with their potential. It had everything to do with whether or not they were motivated to. So, so there was so, a reason why that was important. The right, re- because intent, intent matters. Yeah. And so I would say for that, the M in mom stands for motivation, meaning asking yourself, you know, a little self-reflection when you're meeting someone for the first time, why do you want to remember the person's name? And maybe it's to show the person respect or make a new friend or, or, or create a relationship or, or, or close a sale or a deal. Maybe it's to practice these tips that I learned on this radio show. So the M, we have, uh, so the M stands for motivation, tapping into why we want to remember names. The O is actually observation. Observation. So I would say a lot of people blame when they forget someone's name, their retention. But I really think it's more of a matter of attention. And so a lot of people aren't forgetting the name. They're just not hearing the name. So, so they're not example, present. Uh, they're not present. Right. And that's the perfect word, Kim, because I, I remember um, I went to a fundraiser and I sat down at my table that I was assigned to. And I was at the table with um, President Bill Clinton. And and it was the second time I had met him. And the first time was very, very brief. But I noticed something interesting that he has a powerful presence and he has an incredible memory. He remember my name and our last conversation. And it's I think it's a leadership skill because I believe two of the most costly words sometimes in business are I forgot. I forgot to do it. I forgot to bring it. I forgot that conversation. I forgot that meeting. I forgot that name or what have you. Because um, every time we say those words, you know, opportunity is lost. Time is lost. Amen. You know, money, potentially. Yes. It's, it's, and so, it's also embarrassing after all like 20 seconds to say, <laughs> what was your name again? You know, exactly. It's and, and, and we live, though, in a world full of distraction and overload. So it's a part of it. It's, it's become normal. But when we get a little bit better at it, we really stand out. And it's really hard to show somebody that we're going to care for their business, their future, their finances, their health, whatever it is we're selling them, if we don't care enough just to remember, like, their name. So once once again, our guest is Jim Quick. He's a founder of Quick Learning, K-W-I-K. His website is jimquick.com and also quicklearning.com. Let me ask you, you you, you have a book coming out next year, but how does somebody 
contact you and what services do you offer somebody like me who can't remember a name? Um, so we have uh, we publish online programs, online speed reading, memory enhancement, accelerated learning, academic success programs, critical thinking programs, all online. We have students in over 150 countries. So that's just at kwiklearning.com. And we also have our own show or a podcast that is uh, only about 10 minutes long. And it's just brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. So there's episodes on my top 10 favorite brain foods. There's, a, there's episodes on how to read one book a week. There's episodes on how to remember the name of each person that you meet, how to give a speech without notes, how to learn a language if you're doing business in other countries, and, uh, and so good. on. But every episode is about 10. All great, all yeah, great topics. All great topics. What, I, I, what, 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 what website again is that? They just go to, you can find it on iTunes or on Stitcher or Google Play, or they can go to quickbrain.com and they'll get direct access. K W I K brain.com. Let me ask you this, Jim. Um, we have a lot of entrepreneurs and wannabe entrepreneurs that are listening. Do, do you find entrepreneurs' brains work differently than other people? I do. I love, I feel like entrepreneurs are you know, the modern day superheroes. Um, because I feel like they're the ones that are creating jobs, they're creating, they're solving problems, they're adding value into the economy. I mean, I became more of an, I became an entrepreneur, not, it wasn't even for the money, it was just the personal growth, how much comes, how much growth comes, the two of you know, working with, with so many uh, business owners. Right, right. And, um, and, and so um, I believe entrepreneurs, um, they value their freedom. And I think one of the things I would, and, they, and I love it when speaking at events full of entrepreneurs because they self-select themselves because they take responsibility. I find that that taking responsibility, uh, recently I got to introduce two of my superheroes together, Sir Richard Branson and uh, Stan Lee, who created you know, Spider-Man, X-Men, Avengers, and such. And we're going to dinner, and I remember asking Stan who's his favorite superhero and, and that he's created, and he said Iron Man, and he asked me, and I, I said Spider-Man, and uh, I posted this picture on Instagram, and because he had a big Spider-Man tie. And without any pause, he said, with great power comes great responsibility. In my mind, growing up with learning challenges, I had dyslexia and I always flipped things. I was like, you're right, Stan, with great power comes great responsibility. When you have great power, you have responsibility to wield it well. But also the opposite is also true. With great responsibility comes great power. And when we take responsibility for something, we have great power to make things better. And I feel like entrepreneurs are wired that they identify more with what I call being a, a thermostat, not a thermometer. Like a thermometer, the function of a thermometer, it reacts to the environment, it reflects the environment. Um, it's at the whim and the victim of the environment. But a thermostat is something different. It sets a standard, it sets a temperature, it sets a goal, a vision, and all of a sudden the, the environment changes along with it. And that's kind of like what entrepreneurs do. They take the invisible of what's in their imagination and their heart, and they, they make it visible into the, into the, you know, the real physical world. The challenge is because they value their freedom so much that sometimes they move away from discipline. And I feel like, you know, for me, discipline is very important to be able to do the work that you need to and have that consistency. Discipline equals freedom. So once again, Jim, uh, before we're running out of time, what is digital dementia? So this is the thing. I think we live in an age where previous generations didn't have to deal with these things. And I think the three supervillains right now are digital overload. There's so much information, too little time. It feels like it's taking a sip of water out of a fire hose. That's why I think one of the most important skills in master for entrepreneurs is your ability to learn faster. I think the second one is digital distraction. And because we live in a world where you know our smart devices are rewiring our brains to 
get these dopamine fixes for every comment, share, or like, and it fries our brain, and we can't make good decisions because we're getting overstimulated. And then the third thing is what you mentioned is digital dementia, is this new term in healthcare basically saying since we're so reliant and dependent on our smart devices, it's like we're outsmarting our brains and our memories to our smart devices. So, like, for example, how many phone numbers did you know growing up? Quite a few. How many phone numbers? Quite a few. Yeah, we, we knew all of them, but how many phone numbers do you know, like, right now? I didn't, I didn't even remember my own phone number at Safeway. <laughs> right. So you're, so you're saying smart technology is making us stupid. And this is the thing. Not that I want to memorize hundreds of phone numbers, but we've lost the ability to do so. And your, your mind is your, your – your brain is your number one wealth-creating device that there is, but doesn't come with an owner's manual. And it's growing weaker in a lot of areas for us because we're so dependent on technology. It keeps our calendars, our to-dos, our numbers. It gets us from here to there. And so we don't have to think. And so some of our mental facilities are, are atrophying because if I took my arm and put it to a sling for six months, it wouldn't grow stronger. It wouldn't even stay the same. It would grow weaker. And so digital dementia, you know, so basically how, technology is very convenient, but it also could be crippling how is that if we're affecting, depending on it. How is that affecting kids today, digital dementia? So that's, so that's really, that's a challenge also with children's attention span because children are growing up on smart devices and they're one swipe away from everything. But the challenge is in school, we're just lecturing to them, right? So they're taking in information from all these different devices, multitasking, doing all these things. And then when we, when in a traditional education, 20th century education prepared us for a 20th century world and agriculture and, in, you know, industry and such, but not keeping up the same. So they, they say if Rip Dan Winkle woke up from decades of slumber and sleep that the only thing he would recognize is our school system. Um, and our <laughs> I school. love that. I and love that. that. <laughs> hey, uh, Jim, we're out of time, but I really want to thank you for being part of the program. Again, our, again our guest for this part was Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, CEO and founder of Quick Learning. His website is jimquick.com and quicklearning.com and quickbrain.com. And if you're a person like me who's already forgotten my name, this is a very important thing because if you lose your brain, you lose your money, too. So, Jim, thanks for being part of this program. Thank you, Jim. All the best to you. Appreciate it. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Keep up the good work. And when we come back, we're going to the most popular part of the program, Ask Robert. Who's Robert? We'll be right back. <laughs> You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Do you own an LLC or LP? Are you aware of the new rules? The IRS has mandated new audit rules that require every LLC operating agreement and LP limited partnership agreement be amended. This dramatic requirement has never before been experienced, and changes must be made by December 31st. Corporate Direct, owned by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton, can guide you through these new rules. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760. Or visit CorporateDirect.com. Contact Corporate Direct today to stay in IRS compliance. It pays to listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. I want to thank our two guests, Jim Quick and Dan McGinn. Jim Quick is with jimquick.com, and Dan McGinn, his website is psycheduptheBook.com. And they have very important uh, comments today on our most important thing we can do today is probably learn faster because it's coming at us. Everything is coming at us more and more at such high speed. How do you take it in? And I know many people are standing still 
But I think that could be the worst thing you could do. So it's not so much what we learn, but how fast we learn. So thank you to Jim Quick and Dan McKinn. And one thing from Dan that I picked up, as being a golfer, we all have a pre-shot routine. And uh, But what he's saying is when, whenever you're going into a, a situation, be it an interview, be it a sales call, be it going on stage, you should have a pre-shot routine, something that you do before that event that really, really can change your mindset. And my and pre-shot routine is I'm going to buy it even if I don't know what I'm buying because I can option it like I'll, like that property we had in Portland. Right. It was our first kind of a big property, and Kim says, don't buy it, but I said, I bought it. And all it was, but it was, was a good option. But it, it was, was a good lesson. Yeah, all it was was an option, and then it took us about two weeks to study it. Then we bought it, and we did really well on that deal. But the, but the lesson for me was you, t- you tied it up so nobody else could buy it, yeah. and that gave us the time to do our analysis, yeah. whereby most people do the analysis, and by the time they're ready to buy, it's already gone. Yeah. So it was a great lesson. Uh, you know, that is called an option. I could, a thousand bucks, that's all it cost. I, di- I didn't even have a thousand bucks. I said, here's, here's a, it's called a counter check for a thousand bucks. And uh, it was 385,000, 18 units, right? In, it was fantastic. It was a great deal. But I just love it. Anyway, first question, <laughs> Melissa, for Ask Robert. Our first question today comes from Quinn in Reno, Nevada. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Says Robert and Kim, with all your success, A, do you ever still get fearful in terms of finances? And if so, what do you do to overcome your fears with regard to money? Everybody has fear. Anybody that tells you they don't have fear is lying to you. Because fear is bought being, being a human being, and it's just an emotional. We talked about emotional EQ, IQ. And emotional IQ, they say, is more important than physical or mental IQ. Because you know a lot of people are frozen; they just choke or they can't control themselves. And my my problem is I lose my temper too quickly. That's a lack of emotional intelligence. So EQ is very very important. Any comments, Kim? Yeah. Well, just as Dan McGinn, he said, when you when you get all that adrenaline, instead of instead of trying to calm down, to use that adrenaline to get excited. So Robert, for you, you hear about these crashes that are coming and, and this kind of the, the economic collapse that's gonna happen. You actually get excited, where most people are scared to death. Right, you know, I, when I and talk you to prepare. people about what's gonna come down is probably the entire system right now. This is the biggest, we'll be talking about it with Jim Records, whose book is called The Road to Ruin and The End of Money, fantastic books. But when I talk to the average person, I said, if you're in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, you're going to get hammered or you're going to lose your job. Most people panic. Because they haven't practiced. Well, no, because they have low emotional intelligence. They can't react. They, they freeze like a deer in a headlight. And I don't want the thing to crash either, but I say, okay, I step back, take a breath, and I say, okay, what's going to happen if the stock market crashes, the bond market crashes, real estate market crashes? and 50% of all people lose their jobs. What's gonna happen then? So what am I gonna do? But that's part of my pre-shot routine. I kinda know what I'm gonna do if and when that happens. That's the difference. I get really excited about it. I go, this is great. You know, when I flew in Vietnam, every day was the last day. And I got excited about it. I said, okay, it's my last day. How do I wanna live it? You know, a lot of guys died. They got a bullet in the back because they were running. But I knew what I was going to do. That's the difference 
rather than sitting there worrying about something. Well, that and that's, I mean, that's what we're all about. That's what the Rich Dad Company is all about, is being financially prepared, taking action, getting things, understanding where it's going so you don't have to be a deer in headlights and you can prepare. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Ramona in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Favorite book, Rich Dad Guide to Investing. The question is this. What do you do to stay focused while being pulled in different directions as a business owner? That's a great question, but that's where it comes to. I'm fortunate to have a great partner sitting right next to me. That's Kim. And we trade off a lot of duties, but she covers things I don't like doing. She does. But then we have a great team. That's why we have advisors. You know, I don't pretend to be an accountant or I don't pretend to be a real estate expert or I don't plan to be an an attorney, but I have great teams around me. It's the same thing if I'm not feeling well, like I have this chest cold right now, I know who I'm gonna call, my doctor. It's really simple so I can stay focused on what's important. I think that's the key is that you stay focused on what's important. I stay focused on what I do best. And I know as you're starting out as a business owner, um, you know, you're doing everything. You're doing it all. You're doing all the hard, jobs. But at some hard. point, you're going to have to start bringing in people that are smarter than you, which is what we've done in our team right now. They cover our you-know-what like crazy, and they are so good at what they do because we have so much digital projects happening right now, and we're so online. And, Robert, you and I don't understand that world at all, but thank God we have a team that does. So we can stay focused on what we do best, and that's one of the luxuries. Tell what I'm focused on right now. We have our guest coming up, right, Jim Rickards. Jim Rickards, you're... And she comes in. <laughs> I've been up since about 4 o'clock in the morning. i got my little headset on. And what am I doing? You're listening to the book Road to Ruin again and again and again and again. I've listened to it 14 times now. You're the other book is The End of Money. <laughs> so I just repeat, 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 because I was a very slow learner. So the great thing about reading books and audio tapes is I can listen again and again and again. But I stay focused on one book until I got the message. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Joshua in Atlanta, Georgia. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. says, I've heard you talk about personal development and rituals in your lives. How do you start each day? What are the first things you and Kim do in the morning? Well, the first, there's a book called Miracle Morning, which I follow religiously. And I get up, and I put on my same headset, and I listen to a 30-minute meditation, and then I do about a 15-minute exercise, really simple one, and uh, then I read something spiritual. Like, I think one of the best books I've read lately is Awareness. You know, that's because I'm, I'm listening to my goofy little thoughts that I'm not aware of, and those goofy little thoughts really affect us. The other's Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, and... Um, Rules for a Night by Ethan Hawke. So the very spiritual books, I can open up my being, my spirit, so I don't get jammed up by my emotions. Yeah, we're, we're so big on personal development. I, I, in order to be successful in business and investing, I think you've got to have a personal development practice. And, uh, I, and this was really good. This show was really good when he talked about when uh, Dan McGinn talked about rituals because I kind of tend to do it and then I kind of get away from it, then I get back to it. But what I love to do is every morning get up, read from one of my books, Untethered Soul, Awareness, New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Read a little bit, maybe a paragraph, maybe a page, and then I practice it throughout the day. So I'm all about practice and Robert's all about practice, but I like to do that. And then with meditation, you know, I'm told to meditate 20 to 30 minutes a day and I'm like, oh God, that's hard. They've now found that even if you meditate two minutes a day, 
that actually has a positive impact on your brain. So if even I can meditate for two minutes a day, I do that. There's another great book called Ego is the Enemy. Oh, that's a great book. I just found I'm, I'm part 99% ego. <laughs> <laughs> but that book, Ego is Enemy, has really helped me because, look, you're either an ego or humility. And we all know people who are all ego and not humble. And you cannot learn from ego. You have to learn from humility. And uh, Kim and I in this business and all of us have dealt with a lot of people with huge egos because they have no humility and they don't learn. And so today's uh, guest, Jim Quick and Dan McGinn, is about how to learn faster. And the way you learn faster is be more humble and less egotistical. So I thank you for all your questions. I thank Jim and Dan. You can submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. And thank you all for listening. Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Advisors have a great gift for you. Visit richdadadvisors.com and receive five free reports on business and investing success. Five free reports that can help you right now. And while there, check out the Author's Choice audio series. Audio is a great way to learn. And for as little as 99 cents, you can download key chapters from all the Rich Dad Advisor books. You can listen to The Myths and Magic of Real Estate Investing, Seven Steps to Limited Liability, The Four Pillars of Investing, Team Code of Honor, or The Psychology of Debt, among other great audios. For pennies, you can power up your skills for getting out of the rat race. So please visit richdadadvisors.com for your five free reports and your powerful and affordable audio chapters. That's richdadadvisors.com for great information that can help you right now.